Welcome to Books and Beyond with your host, Alison. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl and she works in a library, yeah. Hi, hi there, my kia ora, and welcome to our Books and Beyond Literary Lounge. This is your host, Alison, and I'm joined in the studio today by my colleague, Inika. Kia ora, Inika. Oh, morena, Alison. It's good to have you back in our lounge again today. So, what we're going to do today is uh, we'll talk about what we've been reading and basically what's on our TBR lists. Nice. That'll be good, won't it? Now, look, Inika, let's start with you today. Sure. Tell, tell me what you've been reading. What have you been up to? Yeah, well, I've been reading quite a bit, actually. I've sort of got my mojo back after lockdown. I, I had a bit of a, a freeze for a little bit at the beginning mm. of the lockdown, sort of standing in place. But I'm, I'm back with a vengeance now. Um, I've been reading quite a few um, books by um, by young authors, a lot of debut novels I've been reading. So, And um, the two books I want to talk to you about today are... Um, are both published in 2019 and both of the books are about 20-somethings who are kind of learning how to adult with varying degrees of success. Mm. <laughs> and that's a universal thing, isn't it? Well, we I all think need so. To do that. <laughs> we never, some of us never really get there. Um, mm. I can certainly feel that some days. I really wonder if I will ever get there. But um, the first one I'd like to talk to you about is, um, is Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson. So as I say, it's been published last year, 2019, and um, you can get it in the fiction section, and it's also available on ebook um, on Libby and Overdrive. Um, now, Kevin Wilson is from Tennessee. He um, has been writing for quite a while, and he's, um, he's, I think he's about 45 or so, and he's really well known for his short stories. Oh. And um, he's also um, got previous novels, uh, The Family Fang mm. from 2011 and Perfect Little World of 2017. Um, now, it's the first time I've read him, but um, I absolutely loved um, Nothing to See Here, so I'm definitely going to be reading some more from him. It was really up my alley um it's a it's a really hilarious novel very fast read you will you'll pick it up and you won't be able to put it down oh i like those ones yeah Yeah. me too it was just what i needed um it's quite strange it's Mm. a little bit um it's about a bit of an odd couple friendship um between two women um so lillian and madison are our two main characters and they meet um as roommates in a really posh boarding school um, now, both of them are kind of outsiders. One of them is there, so Lillian is there as a scholarship kid. So she's from a poor family. She's managed, she's really, really bright girl, and she's managed to get into this really posh um, secondary school. And Madison is, is very, very wealthy, um, but she's a bit strange. She's a bit of a psychopath, got some definite empathy issues. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they actually get along really well. Um now, there's a bit of an incident at the school, and to be honest, I can't remember what happens, and I've given the book back, so I can't tell you what happens, but something happens, and they both get into trouble. Um, but Lillian, who's our scholarship kid, she gets kicked out of school, and Madison gets to stay in school, and basically, it's um, Madison's actually more to blame, but there's a payoff that goes on from oh. Madison's wealthy family to Lillian's poorer family. So do they kind of pay for silence or something? They or pay for the silence. They to take the... The rap. The rap, that's yeah. right. And oh. Lillian doesn't really have a say about this. This is her mother who's who's pretty hard up and mm. um, pretty venal on it. Um, she takes the takes the money. 
And um, unfortunately, Lillian suffers the consequences. She, 10 years later, she's got, got a dead-end job. She's still living at her mother's house and she's really um, starting to lose any kind of hope about her life, really. She got deeply cynical. Anyway, she gets this call from Madison and um, Madison is doing really, really well, unsurprisingly, <laughs> from a wealthy <laughs> family and lots of backing. Um, she's now the second wife of a senator. She's the mother of the senator's child, and she's eyeing up the White House, so she's oh, highly heavens. ambitious. Yes. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. But suddenly she's in this situation where she really needs Lillian. Oh. Now, it's a weird situation that happens here. She's not expecting it, but um, there's two kids from the senator's previous marriage, and um, they're really not fit for public view. Um, the weird thing about mm. these kids is that they spontaneously combust. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> no, I wasn't expecting that. No, That's taken me. By no, surprise. I mean it is on the cover, so oh. you would you would see it on the cover and think, oh, this must be a metaphor. It's yes. not a metaphor. They literally do um, light on fire oh. um, when they're upset and angry, and um, they don't get hurt, but it's really unsettling. Mm. It's not very safe, and um, you wouldn't really want that in the white house. No, you? no, exactly. It's it's yeah. not really good for the optics. Yeah, <laughs> so. Um, Madison's got this problem and she, because she wants to keep the profile of the political family up, she needs somebody to basically look after these children, keep them out of the public eye and try and get them socialised or get them to a point where maybe they can be reintroduced to the family at a later stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hilarious. It's um, it's, it is, it's really hilarious. Um, Lillian's got no experience with kids and... Um, but she's very loyal to Madison, mm, and um, mm. so she decides that she will take it up because there's heaps of money involved. She's going to get paid oh, he- heaps and heaps yes. of cash to um, look after these kids in the bottom of the garden, basically, mm-hmm. in a fireproof guest yes. house. <laughs> so when she meets these kids, they're quite feral. Um, they've gone through some really tough times, and they're deeply suspicious of the adults around them who aren't really looking after them um, very well and clearly are quite frightened of them. And Lillian really relates to that. She's got this really rough childhood as well, and she's been quite hard done by. So she decides that she's going to take this on and um, try and provide a life for them that that will kind of suit suit them, suit their needs, and kind of validate them. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it sounds great, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a really funny situation, um, but it's also quite sad as well because the mm. reason you know they're being hidden away and they really can't control the situation that they're in. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, now the two households can't stay split forever, so the book kind of looks at um, you know the fact that at some point you know these two families have to kind of come back together again. Yeah. Um, one up on the hill, preparing for a political, you know, promotion mm. hopefully, mm. and the other one just trying to get to normal somewhere yes. to normal. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, it's pretty hilarious. I tore through it, and um, what I loved about it was it's got really good narration. So very matter of fact narration from Lillian. She's really really determined to do right by these these weird mm. feral <laughs> children, and um, she's got this quite a clear clear eyed view of them. And you know she knows they're weird, but she accepts that you know they're weird in their own way, and they've got mm. they've got crap to deal with, and she's there to kind of support them in that. Yeah, and um, it had a real feeling of the movie Heather's. Do you oh, remember that movie yeah. from the late 80s? Was that the Winona Ryder? Yeah. One? And was it Rich Girls All Called Heather or something? That's right. And dark. Yeah, it's got this kind of like dark humour going on in it. Um, 
so yeah, Lillian really reminded me of a oh, character from a movie from, like that. Yes. That sort of dark um, humour, but also that feeling of well, weird is as weird does, and that we're all kind of well, quite like, weird in our own ways, whether we're we're weirding to try and be normal mm. or weirding to try and be the best of the best or you know just wedding on our own terms yeah oh it sounds good oh i might look out for that one <laughs> yeah yeah it was pretty fun pretty fun kind of wes anderson-y as well oh right yeah, yeah i get the picture really it's got, yes. a, got a weird vibe but yeah. I, I really loved it yeah good on you mm. yeah and um anything else that you've been reading yeah the other one i want to talk to you about is called going dutch by james gregor um again uh, th- this one is a debut novel um, so James Greger is a Canadian writer, and um, this book is uh, fiction again. It's available on Libyan Overdrive as an e-book and an e-audio book. I think it would be quite good as an e-audio book, actually. Um, now, this one is set in New York, and it's um, a contemporary comedy, and um, it's a millennial novel, really. Mm. Look, yeah, our character is a millennial. Um, Richard um, is the main character. He's um, he's gay. He's a postgrad student, and he's having a real s show. Yeah, he's oh, having right. a quarter life crisis on pretty much every front in his life. It's all kind of come to a head, really. Um, he's really short on funds, um, but he's got quite high tastes mm-hmm. and wants to be spending time in the, in the places where he really loves to be, but he doesn't really have the money to, to make it happen. Um, he's struggling with writer's block with his studies, and he's also really sick of searching for true love via Grinder. Mm-hmm. So there's some really, really funny but also poignant scenes where he's sort of wandering around Brooklyn and he's kind of avoiding previous nights, one-night stands, and he's also recognising people that he actually swiped left on and didn't, oh. didn't want to have a bar of and wondering mm. whether he made the right decision and yeah so he's, he's quite a lonely character even though he's got quite a big group of people around him he's got a good group of friends um but they're doing better than he is and they're starting to move on and couple up and yeah mm. he's a little bit left behind really it sounds it's a really hard time of life isn't it because they do talk about your quarter life crisis yeah um and especially because i think um i must admit i started reading this last night oh, i'm yeah, yeah. not stalking you but um, <laughs> when i saw that you you'd been reading it, I thought, oh i'm gonna mm. look too but i part of me could really relate to it too and i think there's a universality in this experience isn't there i you think so your contemporaries moving off and they're doing wonderful things and they're together and look to be stable and happy and yeah and i think social media makes it much worse doesn't it because people are putting all their best stuff on show and hiding hiding some of the stuff that they that might be going on in the background so that comparison yes hiding that sort of hard stuff and that's right maybe even the weird stuff as well (laughs) the spontaneous combustion (laughs) that's right some of us struggle with yeah well he gets a bit of an opportunity well he sees it as an opportunity he gets sort of tries to fix it with a two birds one stone sort of a solution um there's a fellow doctoral student called Anne who offers to him to co-author a paper in his subject in order to protect his grant funding, which is really in threat because he's got this writer's block and he hasn't managed to fulfil the needs of the grant. Um, but co-authoring really is stretching the truth, to be honest, because Anne's brilliant. 
she's got a real handle on her subject and um, she's willing to let him put a name on the paper when he actually has compl- run completely dry in terms of inspiration. Oh. Um, their major is in medieval Italian literature and he's really, oh. he's <laughs> realised yes. it's too, maybe too late in the game that it's a bit musty and he's not really mm. progressing with it. Mm. Um, but Anne's, um, Anne's really generous with her time and with her talent and she's got a, a sort of a gold card that she can use, whip out at any time. So she helps to fix a lot of the problems in Richard's life in some ways. But she's also a really lonely character as well. Mm. And um, the situation between the two of them gets a, gets a bit strange because um, he becomes very reliant on her professionally and also personally. And um, there's this, this tension between the fact that um, he is... Yeah, he's benefiting from just about everything in her life, and mm. but she really, um, she's sort of been lonely enough to kind of give him lots more, and she's kind of ignoring the fact that he's gay, or she's willing to overlook that and and hope that their friendship is going to grow into something more. Yeah. Oh, it sounds quite. It's sad, isn't it? And it sounds yeah. really codependent too, it's doesn't it? Definitely codependent, yeah. and it's a yeah. It's not exactly the most healthy of relationships, but mm. they're both getting something out of it. But yeah, it's it's at a certain cost, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's got a bit of a tension going there, and of course, once this relationship starts. The one shows up for him. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes, because yeah. I'm not um, to that spot yet. But oh, oh, I can just imagine so what's going to happen. His yeah. one's going to walk in, and his one, one is wonderful. The and man of his dreams. That's right. Mm, and that's going to complicate things, isn't it? It is. And instead mm. of um, instead of deciding to jump ship and go to the one, he decides to run them both at the same time oh, <laughs> in different neighbourhoods. <laughs> And, um, yeah. Now, that sounds exhausting. It yes. is exhausting. It's mentally exhausting. It's physically exhausting. He's on the tube the whole time, or the subway. And, yeah, it basically it can't go on. Yeah. Oh, it sounds good. I'm going to keep reading that, actually. So thanks for that recommendation. Yeah, no worries. Yes. Looking forward to that. Hey, now, I've been sort of reading stuff that's on a completely different topic, oh, yeah. actually. And I <clears throat> was reading um, one of the recent um, ones by uh, the writer Barbara Ehrenreich, oh. and this one of hers is called Natural Causes, an Epidemic of Wellness, the Certainty of Dying, and Killing mm. Ourselves to Live Longer. <clears throat> mm. Now, doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but mm. I, the reason I chose it, I saw it, I was just at my local library, and I saw it on display, and I guess I chose it because I know how incredibly popular uh, Barbara Ehrenreich is as a she's a writer, thinker and activist mm. um, she's an American writer and she's in her, she'd be in her 70s okay. now she um, was an anti-Vietnam war activist in her earlier days and mm-hmm. then she's moved into class activism in the intervening years she um, wrote that famous book called Nickel and Dimed yes. in the early 2000s, I mean 200s. Mm, um, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Uh, yeah, I know a bit about it. Yeah. It's about trying to live on a really low yes, wage and about, seeing all the difficulties yes, to do with that. The, yeah. um, about being working poor, the part of the working poor mm. and all the indignities that waiters um, and restaurant workers and service workers have to go through. Mm. And um, yeah, so she's kind of um, is an activist around trying to get the minimum wages. Lifted. And she's also um, lobbies for decent health care for people. Oh, so she's right. a 
good woman. Good woman um, to have around. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely. Right. And anyway, I'm really interested in a lot of I- her ideas on health, um, although I don't at all agree with everything she says mm-hmm. or recommends. But she's um, very credible academically because she's got a PhD in cell biology, mm-hmm. as you do. I didn't realise that for the longest time. And um, so she knows how the human body works mm-hmm. and what health healthy stuff looks like. Oh, but yeah. she also knows, and it, I didn't... Kind of had never thought this through, but she also knows how our cells die. Ah. So she um, kind of knows how, a lot about how we die, you know, as people, mm. you know, because it will happen to all of us. But this particular book, Natural Causes, it's a real attack on the wellness industry and, um, you mm. know, the illusion of control that the whole wellness concept mm. gives us. Absolutely. And I agree with lots about what she says about the in- wellness influences. You know, they um, to me, they're, you know, those people with perfect skin and perfect hair and their teeth are so white that they're almost translucent. <laughs> and do you know they often advocate things like eating nothing but buffalo meat for <laughs> six yes. months? And then, Very didactic, isn't it? Yeah, and then if you do that, you'll live longer, happier, and you'll be wealthier and yeah. you know all that sort of stuff and um and then you put it all on instagram and absolutely um, you do but she completely debunks all their theories um and i find this really interesting and i do ad- agree with huge amounts of what she's mm. saying i guess you know our librarian ishness that we have we've sort of taught <laughs> today yes we're taught to be quite cautious about information aren't we and not yeah. don't believe everything you read online that's true yeah yeah so that part i think it's that's great that she does that it's quite educational it's and so valuable nowadays i mean that that yes. industry is trillions of dollars it's yes. kind of taken over religion as the next you know actually that's a good point it really isn't has it? yeah yes but, and so yes. much money involved yeah and um she's very cutting and very Right, and sort of cynical, and mm. um, I like that about her. But where I don't agree with her at all, uh, she's got these um, very negative views about positive thinking. Oh, okay. And um, she's very cynical about that practice of having an optimistic outlook. Mm. In fact, she thinks that, believes that optimism is actually, it's a capitalist plot. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Which and she describes it quite well, but I just I can't really go there with her on that. But yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, when she had because she was diagnosed with breast cancer a number of years ago, mm-hmm. and apparently she was deluged by people sending her um, or giving her advice about if you think positive, you'll beat this positively. Right. Sorry, you'll beat this, and then. Um, People would insist that if she held a pink teddy bear, you know, she everything would be okay and mm. she'd come out of the experience, this will, you know, make you stronger than you were before. And Right. So she got really um, against the Breast Cancer Foundations and wrote a, quite a famous article called Cancer Land uh-huh. and she was very critical of them. Um, and I, I guess I can kind of see where she's coming from. Mm. Um, 
but for me, I'm kind of a glass half full person, and yeah. I, I feel as though I have to be. But her, her <laughs> wine glass is definitely half empty. Half empty. Yeah. yeah. And um, she's not having any of it. No, that's no. right. And actually, speaking of wine, and you know, speaking as a cell biologist. She sort of says, and I think this is probably, I kind of agree with this, that if you take out disaster, you know, bar disaster, mm-hmm. um, our cells have pretty much predetermined how we're going to die. Genetic anyway. or? Yes, it's a genetic mm-hmm. thing. So if, you, if you're wondering, should I have a glass of wine with my dinner tonight? She reckons just go for it because it's not going to make. <laughs> oh, a, thank God! Yes, I know. I was quite relieved. <laughs> it's not going to make a difference to your mortality, <laughs> and um, I agree with her on that. You know, within reason, of course. Yeah, sure. And um, she kind of her thing that she says is, "Do you want to live longer, or do you want to live better?" Better, right? Yeah. Yep. So yep. I think, yeah, good on her actually. So I enjoyed that. I yeah. really. It sounds really, really good. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So that was. That was a, a good one. That's um, what you've been reading? Yes. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a really good pack, actually. And I think we need more of that sort of attitude. We do need a more clear-eyed attitude. People get really confused, I think. Yes, yeah. So what's important and what's really needed. Yes, and what we need to focus on. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I've, I've read it, even though I'm still a... My wine glass is definitely half full. Mine but too. Not at the moment, of course. I don't no, have no. any with it's me. It's only 10 o'clock in the morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of bad habits, things that are bad for your health. <laughs> Shall I quickly just go through um, one that I've just read called The Butt? Oh, um, yes, an please exit, do. An Exit Strategy by Will Self. Ah. Um, I'll just sort of touch on it really quickly. But this is a satire um, that I really in, enjoyed. Um, and it's quite a relevant read, I think, in terms of the black, indigenous and people of colour Lives Matter movement that we're seeing so strongly at the moment. Um, And it's about white entitledness Mm. and um, colonialism, etc. So it starts off um, really lightly, um, but it gets darker and darker as the novel progresses. Mm -hmm. But a man's on holiday in a hotel in a unnamed tropical destination. Okay. And he sounds finished, good already. Yeah, it does sound <laughs> and I thought this sounds quite good. He's finishing his last ever cigarette before he's gonna give up. Okay. Finally, as you do. And he throws the cigarette butt over the balcony and he thinks I'm re- so relieved, you know, I'm free of the chains of smoking. Mm-hmm. You know. But little does he know that this simple and very shameful act of tossing a cigarette butt over his balcony is going to lead into an absolute nightmare of which is largely of his own making. <laughs> so um, it's quite funny, um, but it's it really tells you a lot about colonialism, post-colonialism, multiculturalism, uh-huh. that whole Western liberalism and hypocrisy. It's it's a good one. Um, Sounds really good. Oh, is there fire involved? Is that what we're talking yes, about? With a cigarette think, yeah, going over the balcony? Yes, well, sort of almost a bit like the spontaneous <laughs> That's what to say. combustion. <laughs> yes. So I'd recommend it if you're looking for something. And it's I think it's quite appropriate in Sounds, today's... Yeah, I've never read well self. I mean, I know a bit about him, but again, I haven't read him. So, yeah, that sounds yeah. like a good one to start with. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. Oh, nice. Hey, so how's your, your TBR list going? My TBR list is, is huge. I keep my TBRs from the library on top of my piano. 
And it's getting crowded. It's getting crowded. I can't mm. play the penny anymore because they're down. Oh, on the, they're down on the lid now, as well as up on the top. So. You need <laughs> to get a grand piano. I need a grand piano. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what's uh, what I picked up this week is um, one of them I picked up this week is called um, Word Slut: A Feminist Guide to Taking Back the English Language. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. it's by Amanda Montel. It's um, her first um, book, and. Um, it's published last year, and you'll find it in the feminism section of the nonfiction section. Which, um, if you want to put, note down this number because I think it's a very important one to know about. It's three oh five point four two. So the if you ever want to, it's a good one. Remember yes. that point four two. That's important. Yeah, um, you'll find it in that section, and you'll also find it on Overdrive and Libby, and it's um, available on e audiobook on Box. So oh, don't look for the audiobook okay. in Overdrive. It's actually on Box. Yeah. So that's a chance to try another one of our. Um, ebook platforms. Yeah, because Borrowbox is good, isn't it? It's got some great stuff in there. Yeah, 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 and that's a great place to go for your audio. Um, This one popped up on my Instagram feed a couple of weeks ago. I got it recommended to me. Um, Amanda Montel is a sociolinguistics expert and her specialty is um, is around the gendering of language and communication. Um, It's her first book. Um, In the book, I've had a flick through the chapter headings so far and there's, um, they include um, how women talk to each other when dudes aren't around and um, um, effort and ode to cursing while female. So, yeah, this is intriguing to me. Um, she's got a really cool Instagram account that you could have a look at. And while the lockdown's been going on, she's been running a little, um, running a little classes, short classes called Amanda's University. And that's where you can earn a PhD in owning your own voice. How cool is yeah, that? Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. And, um, yeah, she's got heaps to say. Um, she's got lots to say about the intersectionality of, of language and gender and about how language is changing to suit the changes in society. Wow. Oh, this sounds really good. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that on my TBR list. It could too, be a good actually. one for an audio book because she's, yeah, she's really engaging on the Instagram and I think she would do a good job of reading her own book. Yeah. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, well, my TBR list, I've actually, I'm now getting like a pre-TBR list. Oh, so tell me an, about more about yeah, that. But I've, because um, do you ever get that tension? It's like pre-TBR tension when you <laughs> know you're waiting for something that's going to be, you know it's huge. Yeah, you just can't wait any longer. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's my hot tip really is to, while you're waiting for, for something, say I'm waiting for the new Otessa Moshvig um, oh, death. book, Death in Her Hands. Oh, yes, yeah, I'm on that but, too. Um, I'm so tense waiting for it. <laughs> I decided to read one of her earlier books, Eileen, and I might even talk about that next session when we've got a bit more time because oh, it was sure. so good. But that could be my hot tip for today because um, get in the back catalogue when you're waiting for the yes when you're waiting for the the big one to come through yeah Yeah. have you got any hot tips yeah I've got a hot tip for you about how you can get more out of your reading at Auckland Libraries Um, um, we're all about supporting local bookshops and particularly local authors Um, but if you are finding that you're having to tighten your belt a bit a tip for you um, that could help is um, we have an Auckland Libraries app and that you can find for Android and for Apple, uh, iOS. And um, in the app, some people might not know that you can actually scan to search books by ISBN barcode. So if you're in the bookshop and your wallet is looking a little bit mm-hmm. thin, you could use the Auckland Libraries app, scan the barcode of the book and just check what the queue's looking like, whether we've got a copy of it. Um, one thing to remember is that it will only show you the format 
of the book that you're scanning because ISBN includes format. So if you oh, pick yes. up a paperback, it's only going to show you the paperback. It won't show you the audio book or something else like that. So, yeah, but it will show you whether you can get it at Auckland Libraries. And um, how that cues. Yeah, okay. save yes. a little buck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a really good tip. I must admit, I didn't know that for, for the longest time. No, and, um, neither. It's a it's part of Goodreads, but I had no idea we had oh, that function. Yes. So it's really good to know. Yes. But, of course, as we, we say, we um, do advise you, if you can, try and buy local by local definitely by with local authors New Zealand yeah authors, they need all our support can. right now yes they they sure do mm. um buy local for for everything yeah yeah that's a really good tip well um this has been really good today we always need longer in our lounge don't we yeah we but, do um, it would be nice to have longer yes but we can catch up with this Next time we're on together. That sounds good. Um, I want to hear more about Eileen next time. Oh, it was so good. It was creepy, but really good. <laughs> but I'll leave that hanging in the air. All yes. right, then. <laughs> Add to that. Um, in a creepy little way. In the TBR tension, pre-TBR <laughs> tension. <laughs> hey, so thank you, listeners, for being part of today's lounge. Um, just a reminder that the books we've mentioned on the show today are listed on the Books and Beyond blog. And... Um, on our on the Auckland Libraries website, and all of this can be accessed via the Planet FM website. Both web addresses are coming up as part of the closing music. Mm-hmm. So, until next time, happy reading. Haere ra, kakite ano. Bye for now. Better get the wine. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9:35 p.m. on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz/slash books and beyond. Every day, every day, every day.